to be honest, yo, like, um, I mean, I was a big Eminem fan growing up. And I felt like at the time, like when I was probably eight or nine, I feel like maybe Drake had just first came out. Like you had the Kendrick Lamar's you had. So I grew up listening to them too. But when I really put the pen to the pad, I really took time to listen to like Tupac, Big Pun and Eminem. Those were like the main three artists I was really like studying from. But around that time with me selling books and CDs, like, yo, to be honest, just off of me, my, my living situation is really what inspired it. I feel like just my mother coming home every day complaining not having enough money for rent or you feel me, we had to wait until we had enough money to get food for the crib. It got to the point where I was hungry, you feel me? So it's like, fuck it, let's, let's, let's make something out of nothing. Let's try to like, mm-hmm. let's try to find a way where I can make money because there's certain things I can't do right now. So let, let's try to see what I can do. And that's kind of what it was. I'm DJ Sensex. This is the Hip Hop Raise Me podcast with J.I. So yo, DJ Sensex, my man, J.I. How you doing, man? I'm good. How you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. It's it's good to connect with you. Like you know, I've, I've a lot of people have been talking about you. Your tracks have been you know I've been blazing your music on my radio show and stuff. So I I just wanted to hook up with you and find out more about you. So you know, like let let let's get it started. Like like where are you from and you know how would you describe yourself as an artist because you've got different styles. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, Crown Heights to be specific. And as an artist, I try to always just do different things because I don't want to, I don't want to ever sound like repetitive to, to the people listening to me. And I feel like it's just dope to like branch out and kind of reach out your element all the time. So you could do different things. I feel like there's different genres of music in general that I got to acknowledge because it's bigger than just hip hop. You feel me? There's reggae, there's reggae thong, there's like I, there's drill. Like obviously hip hop has this different type of lanes when there's melodic and I, I am a melodic artist, I would say. But then you got the drill lane and you just got like the 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 boom bat the boom bat bar for bar rap. But then there's also different types of genres and I feel like I just I want to expand my sound, you know, so everybody can know who J.I. is rather than just like a specific group, you know. What sound hits you most? What what what's like? What's the core sound? Because that is dope that you acknowledge that there's so many sounds. Because a lot of artists don't. They're just like they're stuck in this lane or that lane, and this is what they do until they kind of get bored to it. But from what you said, the drill, the boom bap, the reggae tone, like what what sound? What sound? What what gets you in the heart? I gotta say, um, probably like I gotta be like the the melodic street trap shit just because like that's what i grew up on you know like i grew up around it and it's just like my environment i feel like that's like i feel like that's the type of music that's praised so for me to be able to do it but i i, I do it in a different way which is pretty dope because i feel like i do it like in a, a melodic way where like people can listen to it differently you know what was it like growing up in crown heights brooklyn what was that like i mean it was different um, I talked about it mainly like throughout my documentary with Spotify. We did a documentary. And to be honest, it's really, I feel like it's really what you make of it. You choose who you be around and you choose, I feel like you choose your own path. You feel me? When you grow up and when you decide who you want to be. And for me, I mean, I was around certain things. I was around everything. I feel like I was exposed to everything at a young age, but I, I chose my own path. I chose music. I, I felt like and don't get me wrong, I feel like everybody wants to wants to be famous or everybody wants to be huge. But like with me, it was just something that I genuinely wanted. And I felt like it was a way where I could escape, I could escape poverty. I could I could escape this reality I'm living in, create a whole new reality for myself where I could just at the same time express myself. Cause I feel like in a way I make music to escape shit, to escape <clears throat> reality at the time before I blew up, you know, before I was who I was and people knew me. 
and the UK and all around the world and all over the states, I felt like for me it was just ways I could express myself and really develop who I am, you know. And just to be where I'm at now is pretty dope, and it's it's a blessing too at the same time. When you say you chose to go a certain path, like because of what was going on, what was you avoiding, and what gave you that confidence to say I'm gonna do this and I'm not gonna do that? Um, I mean to be honest. Like like I said, I grew up in Crown Heights. So I mean, right now where I grew up at, they're trying to gentrify it now and move in different people up the block. You have like bars and like restaurants, and there's like a little strip where people walk on. But down the block, there's still a precinct. There's still cops staying on the block every day to make sure nobody's shooting up the park or shooting up the block. So it's like I was just around different type of street shit that everyone else is around if they grew up in that type of environment. You feel me? And for me, like I said, like. I got respect. I I got respect from everybody. Like just off of me doing my own thing. I don't feel like I'm a follower. Everybody, there's really a path you do. It's either you choose school or you choose the streets. You know. And for me, like like I said, I've been around everything. I've seen everything. I, I I've been exposed to so much at a young age. But I just felt like you know I was different. I grew up different. It was in my mentality from the age of like. Eight, nine, ten. I was selling CDs and books, literally, just so I could eat. You understand me? Like it got to the point where I just felt like I, I couldn't be broke. I couldn't be another statistic. I couldn't just, mm. you feel me? I didn't want to be another person that is like, ah, oh, shit. I gotta, I gotta depend on somebody else. I want to be able to go out and get it, you know. And I just felt like that. That's really what it was. That sounds. That sounds like you got an incredible drive to be able to do that from an early age, and you know, being entrepreneurial at the age of eight and selling CDs and everything else. What was the inspiration for that? Like, is who inspired that? Like, and what was you listening to when this was going on? Like, what was the soundtrack to that moment in time? To be honest, yo, like, um, I mean, I was a big Eminem fan growing up, and I felt like at the time, like, when I was probably eight or nine, I feel like maybe Drake had just first came out. Like, you had the Kendrick Lamar's, you had. So I grew up listening to them too, but. When I really put the pen to the pad, I really took time to listen to like Tupac, Big Pun, and Eminem. Those were like the main three artists I was really like studying from. But around that time, with me selling books and CDs, like yo, to be honest, just off of me, my my living situation is really what inspired it. I feel like just my mother coming home every day complaining, not having enough money for rent, or you feel me, we had to wait until we had enough money to get food for the crib. It got to the point where I was hungry. You feel me? So it's like. Fuck it, let's 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 make something out of nothing. Let's try to like mm-hmm. let's try to find a way where I can make money because there's certain things I can't do right now. So let, let's try to see what I can do, and that's kind of what it was. That's an incredible lineage of rap that you was listening to. So you know you're saying Tupac, Big Pun, um, Eminem. I, I get Eminem because it's like he's still popping to this day. You know when they did the streams for the end of year streams for 2020. He was in the billions, like Travis Scott, Lil Uzi Vert, and Juice World, and everybody else. But, yo, how old are you now? Nineteen. So, how do you know about Big Pun and Tupac? <laughs> that, you know, I, for those sure artists that have an impact on you, that's dope. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and I feel like just growing up, when I chose to do what I wanted to do, I felt like I had to do my research. It's like basketball. I feel like if you pick up a basketball, you need to know about Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell. And all these players that came before Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Kobe Bryant. Because yeah, Michael Jordan is important, but you gotta know everybody. Just like I felt like with rap, I'm from New York, so why shouldn't I know about Mob Deep? Why shouldn't I know about Big L? You feel me? Why shouldn't I know about all these rappers that came before me that paved the way? So I felt like it was just mandatory. And I 
grew up listening to it also. My mom and my dad, it was just always, it was on a playlist. I grew up listening to it, so I couldn't really escape it at the same time. It was just something that, it just came naturally. What would you say is the best Eminem album? Mm, I don't know. That LP was different. I feel like everybody talks about his first project just because it was like an introduction to who he really is. But I really mm. don't know. Um, or what's the joint that stands up? What's the joint where you're like, that the ultimate inspiration, like the joint that, you know, hits you the most? Yo, I really don't know. That's the thing. For me, I could tell you for Big Pun, it was definitely Capital Punishment. I feel like just because, like, yeah. that, that was like a select few. I feel like with Eminem, I, I usually, I would I would go to different body of works and just tune into different tracks because he had new shit and old shit. Like, I, I would tune into Mockingbird. I would tune in, but then I would tune into Spacebound, which was at that time, mm. he had dropped a new album. I forgot the name of that album, though. Um, But those were, like, more recent records. But I, I don't know, like... It was just different records I chose from that. And it's crazy because I, I would watch 8 Mile. And I feel like that's the only movie I could ever watch back to back. And like I watched that shit already, but I could, if it's on TV, I could watch the whole thing. 8 Mile growing up, that was my favorite movie. And it's funny because, yo, I, I had a rap battle maybe when I was like 15, I want to say. And on the, uh, it was for a television show I was on. And on, on the plane ride to the um to Atlanta, because that's where we shot it at, I was listening, yeah. I downloaded the eight mile soundtrack when he rap battled the um the at the in the final stages. I'm not sure if you saw the movie. Yeah, Did you yeah, see eight yeah, mile yeah, saw it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I downloaded the yeah. rap battles and I'm listening to this shit on the plane because I had a rap battle. I, they, they called me to do yeah. a rap battle and I yeah. ended up doing some crazy shit where um we had to do like a two-on-two rap battle and the theater rap battle, my partner got sick. So I ended up rap battling everybody in their partner but myself. And I ended up beating niggas and I won. So it was just crazy <laughs> how it worked out. But not for sure, like with Eminem, I just, I always tuned into different type. Like I, I just, I selected a di- like records from different bodies of work and I just really, I tuned into it because mm-hmm. I just felt like he was really, a, he was a genius. And I, I just loved the way he worked. I remember watching an interview and he had like a box of just writings and he was just mm-hmm. breaking down on his notebooks. He said how he would freestyle every day. So that was kind of something I did too. I would freestyle every day. So at a young age, I was just really good at freestyling and rap battling. But now I just feel like I'm trying to focus on making music so I can show people I'm, I can make music rather than just rapping. I feel like it's deeper than just knowing how to rap, you know? Hey there. What What's your take on, you know, what Tupac was doing back then to rap today? Like, do, to you, is there any noticeable difference or do you think, like, do you value it anymore or do you just think, oh, you know, it's cool compared to, like, you know, some other people that you might think is comparable? I feel like the main thing with Pac was the versatility, how he could come with a street record, but then he could come with a, a record where he's waking people up to just look about, to, to, to really think about what's going on with the system and the government. And then he'd make a love anthem. He'd make a record about, you know, I, I don't know. I just felt like with him, it was versatility and consistency because he was another person that had over like a thousand unreleased records and he just had mm. records days and he would just drop. So I just fell in love with his catalog because he had so much different types of music, you know? And for me, it was just the consistency and the versatility because to this day, people can still play pop. To this day, there's still conspiracies over his name, whether or not he's still around. or. And I feel like for him, to just to over 20 years later to, to be gone and to still impact the game the way you do that that's it just speaks for itself you know and with him I just feel like it was really the consistency and the versatility that really stuck with me and that's what I that's why I appreciated him 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girly? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Yo, your sounds crazy because, you know, from from the outside, from someone who may not know who you are and what you do, they'll be like, "Is an R B dude? Like he's he's making music for girls. He's, he's soft, but yo, know, lyrically you go in. Like lyrically, you're saying some shit. Like you'll be playing a track, and you know, and it's nice and melodic, and he'd be like, "Oh shit, you know, <laughs> it's like you're really going in. Was was that was that like part of?" your deliberate plan or is that just how it comes out? That's like, was that, you know, is that the aim? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both because I mean, that was always my thing. I felt like I always had to talk. I always had to say something like, with me, I don't have a gimmick. You know, I don't feel like I people look at J.I. and they say, yeah, he's that wild rap or nah, I'm just that, that person that talks crazy. I talk that shit. So I feel like with me, it was just always a part of who I was as an artist. And I had to find a way to develop you know, sounding right on the track, but also I don't want to lose the fans when it comes to like, you know, making love records. Sometimes you gotta you gotta bring back the attention to what, what the main thing is and it's talking that shit. And that's why people like me, you feel me? Um I feel like with the last project, I was too focused on giving people that commercial sound and just giving people something different. But with this new project, it's dope because I kinda I'm I'm talking that same talk that people fell in love with. But at the same time it just shows elevation. It's just something mm-hmm. I always do, you know. I feel like when people listen to me, I want them to always, you know, like always, I, I don't want, you ever listen to somebody and you expect something and they don't give it, like they don't give it, they all, you you kind of like, you feel like, damn, like shit, like you didn't deliver. I always want to kind of mm-hmm. deliver. I just feel like it's the way I critique myself as an artist. You got, you got three EPs, right? Like Hood Crisis. Why is it called that? Like, that's very, very dramatic. Is this, is this like, is this a reflection of like yeah. what you've seen or what, what you, you've seen right now? Uh, nah, definitely going back off the topic we, we were speaking on earlier. I mean, for one, people, everybody knows what a midlife crisis is. You know, it's when you hit an age where you realize you're not you're not young anymore. You're getting older. So I feel like with me, with the whole life crisis, it was just I reached a certain age when I realized, like, I nah, this isn't, like, this is my environment, but I, I can't be a product of it. You understand me? It's time to do something different, level up. And with me, at the same time, it gave me an excuse to be who I am with this project. Like, the name gave me an excuse to to really make the type of music I wanted to make as an artist, just giving it that name because it, it was just so relatable to me. And I feel like it was a dope name too because it, it just sounds new. Like, her life crisis, like, mm. it's something that, it's not real, but it is real at the same time. People, mm. it comes to a point in your life where you got to choose a path. What do you want to do? Is this what you want to do? Is that what you want to do? You understand me? So, mm. it just related to me, who I am as a person. On Hood Crisis 3, right? The track, Excuse My Pain. Um... 
you know, it's pretty deep. Like it, it it's like it, it's deep. But what what was the most painful thing that you've experienced? It'll probably be losing somebody close to you. Not even that. I think I, you know what it is. I, what was painful could be painful to me. I feel like Nick, people revealing their true colors mad late. That shit could be the worst, especially when it's like. It's on some shit where you you're convinced you have like a like a depiction of somebody or you you're convinced you know somebody right, and then they do some crazy shit or they do some slick shit where it's like I don't even know you, like I I can't even I can't get in depth with what I thought you were, but now now I see you for what you really are. I feel because you could lose somebody permanently and that's painful. I feel like you know because you can't get that time back and you you could think about it and you got good memories, but it's like when you invest your time in something. And then it's like it goes to waste, and that person's not dead, and you want them dead. That shit feels different. I'm not even gonna lie. Like, it's a painful feeling. Like damn, like you know, I'm a good person, and I gotta take this dirt to the face real quick. But mm. I mean, I feel like everybody's gone through pain. That's why I made that record. Excuse my pain. It's mm. a, it's a record where I, I, I get in depth with you feel me, who I am mentally. I speak on relationship pain. I speak on street pain. I get in depth with my mentality, and I kind of made that record just for fans. I called it "Excuse My Pain" because it's like. Like, this, why, this is why I'm the way I am. Excuse me for my pain. You know, it's kind of an excuse to move the way I am. And it's not not, not, not like an excuse, but you feel me? It's who I am, and it's because of my pain. And it, I, hmm. I made this record for the fans, too, who go through that. There's a line where you say, I'm evil, I deserve to die in pain. I was like, <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> is, is it like that? It could be like that sometimes. I just feel like with the theme of the record, I went with it because usually I speak on what other people do to me. I feel like just I speak on the other side, the other point of view. Like I, I review what y'all doing to me. But I feel like with this record, I kind of I got in depth with who I am. I, I said, you know what? Because I break down like I, I've done I've done messed up shit, too. I'm not perfect and I'm not as innocent as I think I am. So I feel like what goes around comes around and you get what you give and you get what you deserve. So sometimes I feel like I'm evil. And if I'm evil... Fuck it. Maybe I should die in pain. But that was just for the the, the topic of the record. You feel me? I ain't trying to. I don't want the fans thinking I'm I'm over here trying to kill myself and shit. I'm good. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I want to get in depth real quick and shock people, give people a shock back because it gets to that point sometimes in life. You feel me? I mean, I've done some things, but yeah, I don't know if I deserve to die in pain. <laughs> <laughs> That's deep. That's deep. It's going back to what we're saying though. It's like as a rapper. It looks like you're nice. It looks like you're here for the girls, but when you really get into the lyrics and the flows, like you're cutting, like you're mm-hmm. really cutting. So it's dope to hear about like the music that you grew up on and the artists that you've been listening to and studying because you can definitely hear like the origins of some of the stuff that you're saying. It's like it's it's crazy. Yeah, no, nah, that's dope. I'm glad you can hear that too. That's really what it is. I try to make music and. It doesn't matter how I feel. I feel like what matters is how the, the, the listeners feel because they're the ones that make the music what it is. You understand me? I'm just the artist. I'm over here trying to lay down the canvas and put together the piece of artwork. But it's like when people are able to interpret it the right way and kind of like you hear the influence is pretty dope because it's like I don't I don't want to just say certain shit to impress people. Like this is really how I grew up. You know, I grew up listening to these artists. So for people to be able to hear like the influence, that's that's real dope. And I'm glad that people can hear the influence because I feel like it's just all about giving back to what came before you too at the same time, you know, kind of giving tribute. What made you want to work with a boogie with the hoodie? I mean, he dope. I feel like I've gotten a lot of um 
all of my fans, I, I try to listen to my fans and really be considerate when it comes to what they want to. And that's a feature that I, I feel like a lot of people really have been like expecting, you know, and it's been anticipated. So I got a record with him coming out, I think on his project or something like that. And then I try to get him on my project, which we ended up pulling off, which is pretty dope. So that record is pretty dope. I'm excited for the fans to hear that. So was it you just reached out to him? Was it just like, was it a DM thing? Or did you go through someone to hook it up? Yeah, um, I think I had reached out to him. And then we ended up like planning something. I was supposed to jump on something else, which I ended up jumping on. And then we ended up doing uh, separate tracks. We just chopped it up. Mm-hmm. We chopped it up when the time was right. I didn't really want to rush anything, you know, because we both busy people with busy schedules trying to do our own thing. So when the time was mm-hmm. right, we ended up linking up before me and chopping it up. You know, in 2020, you know, we had the pandemic where it kind of shut everything down and the whole COVID situation. And I think each country has been hit with it differently. Like, how how's, how has it affected you? Like, how is it, has it, how's it affected, like, what you do as an artist or friends and family? Um, I'm not going to lie. In the beginning, I was a little nervous because I've never gone through this. Like, I've never lived through this type of experience where I had to be on lockdown or I had to walk outside with a mask or I had to be alert about curfew or you feel me, somebody next to me being sick and me catching something. So, I I, I mean, we've gone through swine flu, we've gone through Ebola and shit like that, but this is a little different, I feel like. So in the beginning, I was a little nervous because they were mentioning how, like, the industry will shut down, this, then, third, touring. But... I feel like quickly everybody was able to adjust with the interviews, with the performing, because now we got the live stream shows. And then, I mean, I just did Rolling Loud in October in Miami with the live stream, and that shit was pretty dope. I liked the experience. I feel like it was a good way to start off without a crowd, because I know the Rolling Loud mm. crowd was crazy. But at first, like I said, I was a little nervous. I didn't know what to expect. But like I said, I mean, it hasn't really changed anything besides us going to perform. Besides that, everybody's still streaming. The shit is still knocking. I feel like the fans are still listening. They're probably listening more than they used to listen now. I feel like more mm. streaming records are getting broken now just because you got no choice but to listen now. You feel me? I mean, it would have been dope if everything was open so people could be outside really enjoying the music as a as a group. But like I said, everything's going to open up soon. I had a tour planned for the, to go down there to the UK, um, I believe in February or March. And that whole tour got canceled when everything broke down. So I'm a little bummed out about that. But at the same time, it's pretty dope because I dropped... G Star got this project coming out. I'm probably gonna drop something else by the time everything opens up. I'll have more mm. music out to give y'all a mm. big ass show and like good spoke for my debut. So, like I said, everything happens for a reason. It's really it's how you adjust. You feel me? And how you hustle. This day of life. That's how. I, that's how I see it. You're from New York, right? Which is the home of hip hop. It's it's where it all started. And you know, you got the five boroughs. You know, it's it's one of the biggest cities in America. And there's millions of artists. You know, there's so many different styles, so many different sounds. How how do you manage to elbow your way through? How do you manage to cut through and get heard? Because, you know, like you said, there's the drill sound, there's, there's other sounds coming out of different areas. Like, how, how are you able to cut through and get your personality across and get your music across? Because it's, it's competitive, you know? It is. But you know what it is? They would, I fucked up where I was concerned about what everybody else was doing. There was a point in time where I was watching what this dude was doing. I was watching what that dude was doing. And it kind of took a toll on me because after a while, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And that's how, that's that's why I feel like it separates me the most because I'm not trying to be like nobody. 
when you listen to the guy, like, don't get me wrong, I had my comparisons from the gate, but mm. I dropped a body of work after I dropped my big record just to show y'all I'm not like these artists y'all compare me to. I'm my own artist. And before I knew it, I was able to break through that. I feel like with me, I'm just focused on trying to be different, giving the people good music. I'm not really focused on following trends or doing anything. I'd rather start my own trends. And I feel like the people can hear that and they appreciate that. I'm surprised too. I, sometimes I think about it like, how am I still hot or how am I still relevant? And I don't want to, you know, be ungrateful or like knock anything I got going on or jinx anything. But sometimes I question myself too, because like I said, it's it's a pick and choose with this industry. You could be hot today, not you could be cold as shit tomorrow. I feel like there's like you just said, there's always a thousand people coming out. So mm. like I said, with me, it's just trying to be different. And I feel like the fans understand that I'm a different artist, you know, and I try to talk my talk and I feel like people appreciate that. <laughs> so the BK drill sound heavily influenced by the UK drill sound. Have you, have you been tempted to jump from one of them beats by Axel or A8 Mellow or any of them guys? Yeah. Um, one of my home pro- actually, I think Axel had Axel had sent me a beat before, like, cause the drill drill has been buzzing in New York for a couple of years now. But before, like, the whole Pop Smoke and Fabio Foreign name came out, um, I had had a beat from Axel, but I never really did anything. I feel like if I do touchdown, since I've created the sound for myself, I want to mm. do it the right way when I do the drill. I don't just want to jump on a drill track and yeah, listen to it and it's like eh. Like, I want you to listen to it and be like, oh, shit. Like, all right. And I want to do it the right way, too. I might want to get, like, a London artist or a UK, just a general artist out there. And then get, like, mm. maybe a Chicago artist. And then get, like, a Brooklyn artist. So we could just, like, really make a drill record, you know? Because I feel like there's been, like, a big-ass gap between, like, obviously we know where it started. And then we know mm. where it got hot at. And then we know it's, it's everywhere now. I feel like it's dope because it's everywhere now. But I want to really see, like, I want to see everybody together. I don't want to see, mm. all right, we got a London and a New York. Let's see everybody together on one track on Cray. That should be hard. Mm. I feel like. Like, make an event, right? Yeah, that'll be hard. Like, just make a big ass. You know how the old school records used to be? And they'd have, like, 10 artists. Oh, not even that. For example, if you listen to the reggae thong remixes, usually there's, mm. like, eight artists on one track. So, like, if we had, like, the two hottest UK drill artists, then we had, like, the two hottest Chicago artists and the two hottest mm. New York drill artists just on mm. one track and then they linked up for a video. That'll be pretty dope just for the culture, I feel like. We've, we've been in a pandemic. The world's been on lockdown. You're from New York. Is there anybody that you're paying attention to in other countries? Like, is there any sounds that have, have caught your ear? Like, since we're talking about international collaborations, it's like, is there any scenes um, that, that have caught your ear where you're like, you know what, I like this. I like what that person's doing over there. I like what... You know, without giving away like any shit that's lined up in the future, but I'm just saying, I I just want to hear like where where you feel, what you've been paying attention to, basically. Um, BTS is pretty dope. That that group. Um, I'm not. They're from Korea, right? The Korean. Yeah, group, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Huge. Um, I like what they're doing. Ariana Grande. She's in the states, but she she's global. I love what she's doing. Um. I don't really know. I got to definitely tap in more because, like I said, I I saw this one Indian artist. I forgot his name. He had to do the record with Steflon. And, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. He had, like, I'm not going to say his name. I, I might fuck it up. But, yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. <laughs> super hot where he's from. And the Excuse My Pain sample, that, that, that sample was from, like, one of the hottest artists out in Germany, I believe. That's what the producer told me. 
So like this right. whole like there's so many different sounds coming out, and I've like I tuned into BTS, and they're just a whole different because they got like 20 people in one group, and then each person in that group is huge. So it's crazy because like you think what you're doing is big, and then you got people like that that can come to your city and have way more fans than you. So it's 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 really dope just really being able to tap in and listen to what else is coming out because it's it's more than just one type of genre. Music is a whole. I feel like so. I could tap in with all types of things. That would be amazing. Do you do you do you talk to your fans? Do you do you like you know? Because I know the internet can be crazy, and there's a thing where sometimes like a lot of artists don't want to get too close, or you know, some people are way more active on Twitter and stuff like that. But like, do you do you pay attention to like when people from overseas or or wherever like are hitting you up? Yeah. Um. I mean, sometimes sometimes I'll go live. I mean, it depends. I feel like with my personal life, sometimes I try to keep most of it away from social media. So I'll be on and off of it. But I, I get DMs all the time, especially from people all over the world, like Paris, London. Like, it'll be different places. People just telling me. Like, I, I like when it's, like, different places outside of the States. Even Africa. Mm. Like, I have people from Africa DM me. And they just tell me like, yo, this. Sometimes I'll click on their account too, and I don't some creep shit, but I'll just look at them, just be like, wow, like yeah. this person in Africa knows about me. Like that's that's fucking crazy. It's amazing. So sometimes I pay attention. Sometimes when I have time, I guess, or when I'm just like caught up in the moment. What What's your heritage? Like, where where are your parents from? Um, Puerto Rico, and on my mother's side, I have family from um, I believe Saint Kitts. Oh wow! So the yeah. Caribbean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. So, have you have you ever been tempted to like just just dip into like the Latin market like for like a year or two? Because that that's just popping. Like that's like that's that's its own world. That's its own universe. And it's like you know, wow. like you, you you bilingual. You've got the heritage. You can do the rap thing. It's like you can dip in and out. It's like yeah, that's the both um, worlds. Well, so we got a reggae thong record on this project coming out, and um. I did a remix to Bad Bunny and J. Cortez, their, their record they got, the Kitty. And I'm dropping that this week. I believe Funk Flex is supposed to go crazy with that tomorrow. So I definitely want to tap into that lane. I feel like it's amazing. I went to PR this summer and I had dropped the record at that time with Mike Towers, the Spanglish record. And um that's when I had kind of prepped up this reggae thong record. I feel like it's important for me to just not not to like like, it's genuine for me. I feel like me tapping in, I genuinely love the sound. I love the music. And I, it's a, it's just, I, I love how it sounds. So if I could tap in and do it the right way and give people a shock factor, because a lot of people would be shocked. Like, cause this record is pretty dope because I'm speaking, like, fluent Spanish on it mainly. Mm-hmm. So, and then I give them, like, English verses. I, I would like to do that, like, cross paths and do, like, an English and Spanish. And hopefully that could probably be my thing. People know me as that, like... But yeah, who knows? Maybe I'll probably tap in, maybe do a Spanish album or do some. That'll be fire. Yeah, that'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. Because, you know, all of those guys like, you know, Zuna, Bad Bunny and um, J Balvin, yo, they, they're killing it, man. They're killing yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And out, out here in the UK, we're mad lazy. We we know one or two languages and that's it. So it's <laughs> like no one's tapping in from over here into the Latin market. No one's doing that shit anytime soon. So... Mm-hmm. Like yeah, but if you're from if you're from that area, like you're good, you're good. So yeah. what what's next? Like where are you taking it? Like how far are you gonna take it? Um, who knows? I might fuck around do movies and commercials next. <laughs> now I don't know. Um, I definitely got some ideas I would love to pitch, just mm. so I could um 
because um I love writing in general besides making music. Like I was a writer, I feel like before I made music. And I got a couple ideas I would like to pitch out there, maybe get on the screen. That'll be dope. So let's see where that goes. I could probably prep that for this year, make a new goal for myself, get get some new credits under my name. That'll be fire. And then music-wise, like, you know, where do you, who do you want to work with? Like, who's, who's your, your bucket list? Like, who's your goal? Like, rap-wise and singing-wise? Oh, I mean, I would love to work with um Ariana Grande. Um, Drake would be dope. Um, that doesn't sound too far fetched. I got, I got a, I got a lot more work I could do, but that'll be fine. Work with him, Roddy Rich. He dope. He he wasn't he he upcoming right now. Little baby's going crazy. Um, maybe pop. I would like to work with pop artists. Um, I got a like Ed Sheeran is super fire. I'm an Ed Sheeran fan. Um, Charlie Puth, I believe is that his name. Am I, am yeah, sure? yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fire too. I like him. Um, who knows? I just gotta tap in more and see what's really out there. You want it all, right? <laughs> Max, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Basically, you want it all. Well, that's dope, man. Well, listen, it's 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 been real good to hook up with you, you know. Um, and it's like, yo, just keep doing your thing and just keep pushing the boundaries and and just taking it to that next level because I think, like, so lyrically, you're a problem. Like, I just think, I think the harder rap heads probably they definitely have a clock to because they'll be like, oh yeah, you know, you're doing R and B shit, whatever. Da, 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 da. But yeah, lyrically, like your lyrical sword, it's hard, man. No, nah, oh. I appreciate that for real. Definitely plan on soon coming down there, doing a bunch of work over there too, for sure. I want to thank J.I. and Garb for making this episode happen. That was sick. Now make sure you check out J.I.'s latest project, Hood Crisis Volume 3, I've been blazing it on my radio show ever since it dropped. If you like this episode, make sure you check out the previous episodes of the Hip Hop Raise Me podcast. Episode one is with Chuck D of Public Enemy. Now, Public Enemy is one of the most important groups of all time. It was the only way to start this season. It was the only way to start a podcast called Hip Hop Raise Me. Episode two is with the legendary Buster Rhymes. Episode three is with French Montana the Great. Episode 4 is with It's The Real, the craziest guys. Those are the craziest guys I've ever known to do a podcast, seriously. I, they've been doing their thing for a minute. They was popping throughout the blog era. They've interviewed everybody from Cardi B to Rick Ross. Make sure you check out that episode. Find out what they're about. Now, we've got a lot of great guests lined up, but let me know who you want to hear on the podcast. Hit me up on at DJ Semtex on everything. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or Clubhouse. And if you're in Clubhouse, make sure you join our Hip Hop Raise Me Club. We've been doing some pretty cool rooms recently. We've been doing a lot of rooms for new artists and new music. We've had people pass through from throughout the world. They just play a track or just listen and vibe. We did a room recently on touring. We did a room on DJing. And most recently, we did a room on mental health and music. It was deep. Check out the Hip Hop Raise Me channel on YouTube where you can see interviews with Naz, Pop Smoke, Vic Mensa and many, many more artists. The Pop Smoke interview is special. He's an amazing artist who's about to do some unique, incredible things. Definitely gone too soon. Now, if you're in the UK, you can catch me live on Capital Extra every Friday night from 9pm. I play the hottest new music. Everything hip-hop, UK rap, drill, Afro swing, if it's popping, and playing it. Now, make sure you subscribe for future episodes of the Hip Hop Raise Me podcast. we got new episodes dropping every Monday. Most important of all... Please stay safe, stay healthy.